Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Leadership Lean In podcast. So excited uh, you would join us today. Hey, I've been getting feedback uh, all over the place. In fact, I was just uh, on the ski slopes of Colorado, and uh, some people up there were telling me, hey, I listen to Leadership Lean In. Thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor, hit subscribe and comment. Give us some reviews. Let us know. In fact, this is the first time, if you'll do me a favor, even the comment section, YouTube or iTunes, give us some questions. Next month's podcast, I'm going to be going through some questions and uh, trying our best to answer whatever things that are on your mind when it comes to leadership. So hit subscribe, hit comments. We're pumped about it. Top five this month. You're going to love it. Got it right here. But are we blessed or are we blessed? Today on the podcast, one of my favorite people in the world has helped me so much. When I first moved to LA, this guy, we were getting coffee, we were talking church, he's helped me, he's been a blessing in my life uh, long before I even met him. My guy, Israel. What's happening? Houghton is in the house. <laughs> Houghton, Houghton, do you get that all the time? It depends on what part of the world I'm in. <laughs> wait, wait, so, so in England, it's Houghton. Like and, they, the, and I don't correct. In Australia and South Africa, it's Houghton. I've never heard you correct anybody on your last I name. Just, you I, just I, flow I, with I, it. I stopped. It's I, one of those last names, like, you know, Chris... Uh, Kilala. Yeah. He gets that all the time. Kilala. But Kilala, you never yeah. hear them correct. Like, yeah. you're just like, this has been my whole life. So it's Kilala. Yeah. Good to know. No, no, no. It's Ki. I learned this. It's Ki Lala. Kilala. Which is interesting. A worship leader with the last name La 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 La. Okay, anyways. Right. Um, hey, man. Thank, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. It's Houghton. Yeah, so. Houghton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just to correct you. Yeah. No. So just so we get things straight. No, you said it right. Um, thank you so much. You, it's an honor, man. You honestly are one of my favorite people, and I love talking to you. We've been we've been doing this around coffee, yeah, for a long time, yeah, man. And when our church was just like a thought, I think before we even had our first meeting in my house, yeah, you were helping me yeah. and talking to me about Abbott church Kinney, man, Abbott Kinney, sitting we, on random. We, steps. we were going to Abbott Kinney before anybody was well. Before it really took off, yeah, yeah. we were going yeah, getting yeah. coffee. Yeah. But um, I love the way you see uh, church. I yeah. love the way you see life. Um, you're a foodie, so I love that There's about that. you. You're a you're a coffee connoisseur. <laughs> I always feel like if you like a coffee shop, I gotta go try it. And vice versa. You've you've definitely recommended some good spots, man. I feel like it's that. A, it's a sign of great leadership. You're a great leader, bro. <laughs> That's why I lean in. I feel, hey, there we go. I feel like that validation is going to take me far in life. Yeah, if man. You, if you like my coffee. Um, hey, on the podcast, we're just talking about leadership. Mm -hmm. um, I think you are a prolific leader. Obviously, God has used you around the globe, around the world in your leadership. You've led crusades. Uh, I'll never forget one of the first times <laughs> I ever got to meet you. You probably don't even remember this because I was so young. I first met you in Tacoma, Washington. You were leading for Frank, Franklin Graham. Wow. In the Tacoma Dome. Yeah. Like this is years ago. That's how like I, I met your keyboard player that lived in Portland. I knew yeah, like Jerry. Yeah. I knew all those kind of guys because I was like, I can't meet Iz. Like Iz is like the guy. Like That's you were just so like hilarious. such a such a big deal. But um, you've led how many worship services in your life? I can't even imagine how many crusades. And so uh, talk to me, what is, in your opinion, like what is a good leader? I think a good leader is one that um, uh, stays kind of curious and like great leaders are always like, okay, what can we do more than mm. what can we do though? How does this work? 
Mm. And like some of our favorite leaders are the guys that are, you know, for, for, for lack of a better word right now, like obsessive in the sense of totally. but obsessive in the best way possible. Like I see this, I'm going to drill down in it. And I'm not going to come up for air until I've mm. figured this out. Yeah. Great leaders do that. I think also, you know, on, on a, on a practical level, some of the traits of great leaders are those who, when things are great, mm. will share that victory with others. When things suck, will take responsibility themselves. Wow. And that is, that kind of flies in the face of the American dream a little bit. Like I need somebody to blame if, if stuff is not right. going well. But great leaders, guys that we all respect are the ones that go... This was a great win for us. Mm. If it was a loss, if it was like a, uh, you you see them like great coaches will take that sure. responsibility on. This is on me. I'm going to wear this. We're going to figure this out. Sure. If we win, it's not a it's not a coach going. I I killed it. Yeah. You know it's no. We killed it together. Look at what this guy did. Look at what yeah. this guy. You know, I'm proud of my de defensive coordinator. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. At, at what age? You know, um, I think it was pretty young when your world starts to to explode at what age do you kind of realize i think there's i think there's greatness on my life i think i think i think i'm called to lead at a really high capacity not just like a local church yeah work i mean i don't know if there was ever like a lightning rod moment mm. I, i'm i yeah i i remember like i grew up um in the same organization that you did right right and um but and then they kind of splintered off and did some other crazy things. But, right. um, in that there was sort of this, you know, plan for my life. Like you're going to, you know, you're 18, you've just turned 18 let's figure out a church for you to go plant somewhere. Right. And I'm like, let's not, let's, yeah, let's yeah. Maybe, Classic maybe, denomination. maybe if we don't do that, this, it's like you're in the farm system. <laughs> well, let's give them a church. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I remember kind of really pushing against that and going, I'm going to go to school and like, in what family, in what context do they go, yeah, I don't think college is a good idea for you. I'm, okay, well, I do. So yeah, I'm going to yeah, go to college. Yeah. Granted, they, they won because I, I did like <laughs> a semester and a half and then, and then went into ministry full time. Wow. But leading worship and, um, and even then, like, I, you know, I was making, I think I was shocked that somebody was paying me to lead right. worship. Like, and I was making $117 a week. I had been the drummer in the worship team and, and uh, the pastor called me one day. He's like, hey, I want you to consider being our worship leader. I was 19. Jeez. And I was like, oh, you know, eh. you know, I did that thing you do when you don't want to tell the pastor no. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I was like, yeah. yeah, I'll pray about it. Yeah. And he, and I think he anticipated that answer. So he's like, well, pray hard because you start tonight. Yeah. And that's that's literally where it How went. many people in church have used that card? I'm going I'm I'm to pray, pray about it. it. Yeah. yeah. And then they should just we fall date, off. Should we continue on our dating relationship? <laughs> Let's I'm going to pray. Gonna pray. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to take a 40 day fast yeah, yeah, yeah. in Tibet. Right. And then I'll let Tibet. you know when I get back, I'll let you know. No, so I, 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 I was kind of thrust into this thing mm. and, and scared and, mm. and horrible. Like it was like when I tell you, and this was back, like they didn't have multiple services. Then it was like wow. one service worship was like 45, 50 minutes long. How many I songs? Know, like seven, I, eight songs. Yeah. But I knew two songs, bro. <laughs> I knew, I knew celebrate Jesus, celebrate. Yeah. And I knew be glorified. Oh my God. And those were my two songs. You remember Classics. be glorified? Yeah. Ron Cano I just wanted to be Ron Canoli is really yeah, what it course. came down to. Yeah. 
And so, you know, you're singing Celebrate Jesus for 25 oh minutes. Oh, my gosh. Think about that. Just like, the drums. Yeah, just the, <laughs> just the women. Everybody under 30. Like, you, you sing the whole song. I miss that day at church. We don't do that now with these tracks. No, no. Just the drums. Yeah, that was a go-to. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that unless Hillsong had pre-done yeah, the we, drums. Yeah, we, we decided yeah. we were going to do that. <laughs> exactly. So, I think, um, I think you, you sort of learn leadership. I learned a lot of what not to do mm. by just doing dumb stuff. Sure. And, and then I, I learned, you know, along the way what to do, but even then it's like, I, I, I felt really, really, uh, called to what yeah. I was doing in, in this chaos, mm -hmm. you know? And then I watched this thing sort of organically grow sure. around, but I don't, I don't know if there was ever a moment where I'm like, okay, this yeah. is, this is my moment. I am now, right. I now have greatness on me. I just, I don't know if I've ever. No, totally. It was amazing for, for me, the moment. And, um, it, it, it it's weird to call it that, but you know, like, a, I'm like maybe eight years into ministry. I'm a youth pastor in Piaup, Washington, and this other senior pastor in the area in Tacoma, actually, mm -hmm. Uh, he took me out to lunch. And I was thinking, when another pastor asks you to lunch, you just think, what did I do wrong? Sure. Why are you mad at me? Sure. It's never like going right. to be good, right? right. So I'm, I'm, I'm like maybe like 26, 27 years old. So I go out to lunch and I'm like kind of a little scared. And he said, um, this guy, I'll never forget. He looks at me, he goes, hey, so how did you become such a great preacher? And I looked at him, I was like, oh, sir, like I just never saw myself as a, even yeah. a preacher. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not a great preacher. And he's like, yeah, you are. He's like, you're a world-class communicator. Wow. He said, I know that because my son, who won't go to our youth group, goes to your youth group every Sunday night and comes home and tells me back your whole message. Wow. And that was a moment for me where I realized, because before that, I really didn't put a lot of emphasis into my craft. Mm -hmm. I was just a youth pastor. Like I was just as focused on reaching the schools as I was like preparing a message. You know, sure. so it wasn't like I was putting a lot. So it was a moment for me where I was like, wow, I think... I, I, maybe I'm good at this. Right. It, it, it took somebody else going. I think, I think outside validation helps. I remember getting a call. I, I, I had been leading maybe for two years and I, and again, I was making, at this point I was making $158 Whoa. a week. Promotion. Yep. <laughs> and I get this call from somebody who I will not name, mm. but it was like at that time it would have been like. Name name the biggest yeah. in the world right yeah. now. That person calling you. Wow. And so he called me at my office. I'm 20 years old, bro. Jeez. And he said, he said, so it, this didn't go well because he started by saying, "Hey, how would you like to come work for a real church?" Ooh. Yeah. So already we're off to a, yeah. This is not an good. interesting. But it was still flattering that this guy is calling me. But it was yeah. very arrogant and mm. and I was like, oh, sir, you know, thank you. We're, yeah. we're building something here. But wow, that's really thank you for you know calling. He's like, well, I'll offer you fifty grand a year right now, bro. This is twenty seven years ago. Jeez, you understand? Right. Fifty grand was a lot of money. When you're making 158 yeah, yeah, bucks exactly, a week. Exactly. So I was like, oh, sir, wow, thank you, man. That's that's amazing. Wow. But but um again, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out here. Right. 60. Jeez. So it turned into this like Name your price. Yeah, negotiation. <laughs> yeah. And I was and I at that point you're like, what is my price? This is pretty awesome. Wow. I think at that point though, that outside validation of somebody going, I know you can mm. take something with us and and build it out. Yeah. 
it, it, it did enable me to go to my pastor and go, hey, uh, I just got this call. Just, <laughs> could we talk about my salary? <laughs> this, Please. This, uh, leaders, this is what we call <laughs> leverage. Leverage, exactly. <laughs> but um, so I think at that point you realize, okay, maybe this isn't just in my little North Scottsdale, yep. you know, community. Maybe this is wow. branching bigger. And so, I mean, but even in that, I don't know what it is, man. I've always sort of had this, hey, never get too too full of yourself. Mm. Like, you know, let validation come from God because if you, if it's sort of with social media, right? If I, if I live by likes, I'm also going to die by, by sure. dislikes. Sure. So I have to become impervious to all of that and just go, mm. Hey, appreciate the, appreciate the accolades and appreciate the hate as right, well. And right. let me keep on pushing. Right. So I w- always feel like most every leader that I know, uh, God has this, let's just, you know, go, go Bible, like Psalm 78. And, and he chose David, his servant and took him from the sheepfolds and mm-hmm. he was taking care of lambs and he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his inheritance, Israel, mm-hmm. and says when he, when he got there, so he went from the backside of the desert to, you know, the palace, you know, these scriptures and he, 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 he had skills that he needed yeah. and the integrity he needed. So, so, uh, so in other words, I feel like God always kind of hides us out for a while mm-hmm. Before everybody knows your name, nobody, only God knows your name. What was it for you? What was a tipping point, like an invitation or an event where you're like, this changed everything. I was in hiding or in yeah. North Scottsdale until yeah. this. So the, so the validation phone call came, but what was the event or the invite that kind of was like, my life will never be the same from this? Yeah, I would say there's probably two tipping points. One, um, I think, you know, I've, I've, been friends with Matt Crouch from TBN for like, gosh, it's over 30 years now. Jeez. And I remember first time he came to our church and he's like, Hey, I want to have you on TBN. And I was like, okay. You know, I had done the local show a couple of times. Yeah, like, yeah. no, the national one. Whoa. Whoa. Now I got to go buy a suit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I remember that happening. And then an uptick in like phone calls and invitations sure. like, wow, that was, that was kind of cool. Wow. And then if I fast forward, Gosh, um, almost uh, ten years after that, New Breed had done. We had we had done our first record. It mm. had it had sort of like gotten out there, but not really. And we were asked to do the Stellar Awards, and that's and and that was like broadcast very very well at that time. Wow, and broad. And I I can tell you from that day, two thousand two. Wow, till now, it's just been like. Not, we've been on tour nonstop. Never been the same. Kind of, yeah. So that yeah. was like a, whoa, this is really happening. Um, so I, I, I look at those kind of two events as, okay, and both of them were television related. Right. And both of them were not something that I went out and kicked down. Mm. Like, if, if I'm honest, like I know a lot of people who are really, really driven and, and motivated sure. and, and ambitious. I've actually never been that guy. Mm. I've never been the one going, you know, uh, seeking an opportunity. I've yeah. never kicked a door down. Now, when the door opens, I will walk through it. Sure, of course. But I've never been that like thirsty, thirsty kind of person. Right. T- tell me about, because um, I feel like you do this so well. So 2002, this is a game changer. You've put out how many albums since then? Who knows? And, 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 13, and, I think. Thir- Something like that. By the way, 2002, 2003 is when I first hear you. Mm. You know, like I'm in, I'm living here in LA in, in West Covina area. And that's when I'm like, this is, I never heard anything sound like that. 
Hmm. So I'm just like, I can, I can see it all, you know, it makes sense. But, um, I feel like you have a real savvy, intuitive ability to make business decisions. Hmm. So when did you start? I mean, you're a 20 year old, you know, worship leader in North Scottsdale. How did you start to navigate this anointing and this global platform and make such savvy business decisions? Well, it, it, okay. So that was at a strange time, right? Because there was, I, I would call that sort of the boom. You, you had Hillsong really, really making a lot of yep. inroads into, into the area of worship. And then you had like Fred Hammond and some of these other guys doing things on the urban side. Yep. And there wasn't, at the time, there weren't a lot of people. I don't want to say there wasn't anybody, there were, but there weren't a lot of people who were deliberately bridging that gap. Totally. And, be, you know, when I when I first, like, went to Nashville, I'd sit across from, like, in the gospel side of things, like, the, 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 the experts going, you're not black enough to be in this space. Wow. And then the experts on the, you know, CCM Christian side would be like, you're not white enough to be in this right. space. And it really kind of, you know... It could be very discouraging, yeah? Sure. And and I remember being discouraged, but then hearing Carlos Santana's uh, uh, Supernatural album. And I was like, I don't understand. Here's a Hispanic guy doing a rock song, a pop song, a hip-hop song, a country song. Wow. Right? And... And it's selling 14 million copies. No rules. So, yeah. So why do I have to stay in this box over here? Right. So I think part of that was just... Uh, hating being categorized. Yeah. And so, you know, savvy business decisions came out of a lot of sacrifice, mm. came out of a lot of, well, let me just stick it out here and see what happens. Yeah. And, and in that we kind of found our own road and, yeah. and built our own bridge. And, and I'm grateful for that. And there's a lot of people walking on that bridge today because of tough decisions we made totally. 20 years ago. But as far as like, when that happened, you suddenly have this commerce of worship. Like over, if you look right. over the last 20 years, it's been just this massive, right? Just massive. change in, in the scene. Jeez. And so to be a part of that was kind of cool. You don't, you don't, in the moment, you don't really realize that I'm a part of this. Right. There are a couple things happened when, when 9-11 happened, people were like, our little clever, like pseudo Christian songs aren't really working. We need, we need something. Mm. So worship really... Like, I think every worship leader could look back at that moment and go, something changed after 9-11 here, wow. 2001. Suddenly worship became a far, worship became far more uh, heavy in rotation on Christian radio and yep. that sort of thing. It was like, okay, this is we a different, it. yeah, this is a different day. Wow. But in that, this business, this industry grew. Jeez. And the problem with that is yeah. if, if you're not careful with it, which I think I was not and several of us were not, you, you could then chase that and mm. forget it's, I call it doing the work of the Lord without ever knowing the Lord of the work Ooh. that you're doing. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so wow. there, there were, there were, you know, and, and mine, you know, resulted in some catastrophic changes in my life. Mm. And, and the, you know, looking back now in hindsight, you go, okay, I realized where I completely got off. Mm. But at the same time, like there were, there were good things that were happening. You sure. saw this, you know, this, this worship grow around the world. Wow. So talk, talk to me about that. You, you have this 2002 explosion, you start, you know, I mean, some of the music, I mean, the songs and the album 13, I mean, unbelievable. And then you landed this newest one, uh -huh. which I, I thought all the, the, the marketing behind it is powerful. 
you know, I thought you did such a brilliant job with how you presented it, but the lyrics and the substance behind it was 10 times more powerful. Man, thank you. Like you listen to it and I'm like, I remember listening to that song with you and Adrian and be like, sending it to people I know are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And being like, I, you you guys can relate with this because it's what you're facing and going through. Mm-hmm. And getting teary-eyed and being like, dude, this you can't write this kind of stuff unless you go through sure. this kind of struggle. Yeah. So talking about you know the whole, the whole thing and then you get to this newest record and how special is this new album to you? Uh, it's special because I feel like somebody said, well, how long did you work on this record? And I was like, 45 years. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This was not done in four to five months. It was done in 45 years. And you feel that. Yeah. Like, and so, and part of that is just, it it was, you know, part of it is therapy. Part of it is, Mm. you know, going back and looking at your life and going, Mm. okay, I used to say things like God is good all the time and all the time God is good. (laughs) Now I know that he is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because having gone through some things, like having really gone through some life Mm. and and looked up and realized he was there all along and where I expected him to turn his back, where I expected Mm. him to cut me off, where I expected to be completely disqualified. He was good. When I made decisions that I knew were wrong, Mm. it was like, it wasn't like, oh, this was an accident. No, this was on purpose. I did this. Sure, sure. And God was like, I got you. Wow. That's a, that's a scary, scary thing. Right. Ultimately, right. when you just go, okay, God is truly faithful. But all Jeez. of that informed the writing of this mm. music and it was cathartic for me. And it was, mm. <clears throat> I've gotten great feedback from a lot of people like this, these lyrics, the way you, the way you voiced what you voiced is, is setting me free. So that's great. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't think anybody sings reckless love as beautiful as you do, by uh, the way, <laughs> like your version. I'm just like, kind. okay, I got to turn it off. Like just give me a moment. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that you feel that. And I, and I also feel like, um, one of the musically, one of the things that you do so well, like t- take, for example, the elevation, uh, the collective, mm-hmm. um, you have an ability it goes back to these conversations. You're not this, you're not that you're Israel. You know, you have such a unique view. Um, you add in things where I'm like, I never would have thought to add that string or, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. you, I feel like you're so true to your ear and so true to your style and your taste. I could now listen to you for so many years. It's like, I just know that's Israel. Yeah. You know, how, how did, how did you become so secure in your writing? So I remember you telling me one time years ago when you're at Lakewood, you were like, I test out songs. Yeah, yeah. Like I get up on a Sunday and be like, is it going to work? Nope, you guys don't like yeah, it. All right. Yeah. But like, how did you get so secure in your in your art? Um, I, I Well, I, I think that's a well-phrased question. It, it is art. So art is going to be subjective to the listener, to, sure. the, to the viewer. So I think ultimately I have to feel it here. If, I, if I'm trying, trying to deliver something that I don't feel. Right. It's, you, you might as well scrap it. You there know, it is. There, there have been songs that we've spent days on, weeks on, and it, and it, and you take it out of the oven, you try it out, and you just go, "Wow, no, that's a no." Right, you know? right, 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 right. For the for the two hundred or so songs that people have heard me write, right. there's there's oh. fifteen thousand that I pray they never ever <laughs> ever hear. I never wish this upon my right, enemies. <laughs> right, right, and so I, you know, but getting secure with it is is you know as yeah. Malcolm Gladwell says there's that blink instinct. Like I feel this. So I'm going to go with what my gut says on this one. And, and most times that's the right thing. And there have been other songs that just happen. 
happen wow. in a moment, happen in a worship flow Jeez. that you go, oh, this is the one. There's something here. Yeah. So thank God for that. Yeah, I feel the same way about preaching. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care what anybody, like, to be honest, if someone's like, you preach so good today, but if I don't like it, yeah, it's like, it, it doesn't hold any weight. Like it's, it, it's subjective to me the most Yeah, where it's like, I got to really believe in what I'm saying and be encouraged by what I'm saying. You know, the, but I, don't you love the God factor though, too, because there have been times I've gotten off the stage and going, that was horrible. Yeah. And then the next day your email is flooded with, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. That blessed me. And you're like, huh? Yeah. yeah. What service were yeah, you at? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It almost makes me upset. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but and I'm it, like, that's no. when God goes, hey, totally. I will take the, the, the thing that you're twisted up about right now yep. and in a fog about right now yep. and bring clarity to somebody's life. So totally. That's awesome. I love that. So, you know, um, the way that I would look at you as your friend is that you have had an unbelievable amount of experience and success. And now in this season of your life, you are, I don't even know what to call you. I don't even know what to like, you can't be labeled because you, you're like worship, songwriting, producing. And I feel like you're in such a different space yeah. um, in terms of like who you get to interact with. So you, so in other words, you were in the church world and saw the best of the best of the church world. Mm -hmm. And now you're seeing entertainment industry and the best of the best in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. So tell me, because great leaders are great leaders. Sure. So you've seen the guys that have the biggest churches and the biggest platforms. Sure. And now they have the biggest, you know, companies and the biggest, you sure. know, like um, movie execs. Um, what do they have in common? Like, what do great leaders all have in common? Um, I think it is this, this, this elixir of humility mm. and, um, and confidence. Like some, there, 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 there's this, there's this sandwiching Great. of those two that's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drive this thing. And it, back to this, the idea of if we win, we win. If, if mm. we lose, uh, that's on me. Wow. So there's that humility that, that can identify that. Mm. And there's the confidence that just says, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm not just going to go for a walk. I'm going to make sure people are with me. You know, yeah. I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm being followed. The, mm. the mark of a great leader is somebody who's got people following them. Yeah, totally. Right. And so, um, if I, if I think of in both industries, you've got, you've got great people who, um, ha have, you know, have something to show for what they've done. In most cases, there's a, there's a genuine level of humil humility mm. that, that is couched with their confidence. We conversely, we know a lot of other people who are super driven, have no humility mm. and for some reason have enough charisma to still lead. The problem is I'm not sure how long that, that can be sustained. Sure. And you know, they're, they're, Weinstein on down. There are plenty of, 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 of people on that list that, you know, being, being a bad guy doesn't, doesn't ultimately pay. Yeah. You know, sometimes though, like, you know, you look, you look at life right now, you look at our nation right now and you go, man, like this is messing with my spirit a little bit. Mm. Like I, I, I kind of want to see some justice because I don't like, I don't like where we're at. I don't mm. like that the bad guy in, in some ways is, is, is appearing to be winning. That, that right. drives me crazy. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but um, I, I do, I do think like leaders who have real success and, and real succession mm. are the ones that are understanding um, 
this 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 hybrid of humility and confidence. I I'd say at the top of that list for me is A.R. Bernard mm. in New York. I love him, man. You, first of all, you're talking about a a, a a a spotless person. Like this this guy is upright, blameless. Like for years, for his entirety. And his story is amazing. When I sit down with him and he li- he will light up when he talks about his next moves and his next moves are all about succession. Wow. So he, they've been working on this succession plan Jeez. with his son for 10 years. His son's going to take, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Wow. But, but, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's not going out to pasture. Like right, he's, right, right. he's very clear about what they're doing. Wow. I just, but I like that. And, yeah. and he's, he, to me is like the ideal example of humility and confidence yeah. and, and he's got the success behind it. It's amazing. We, um, you're one of my favorite people to joke around with about kind of like <laughs> that guy, like that pastor. Yeah. Um, if that's the common, so if the common denominator of great leaders is a, a hybrid of humility and confidence, which mm-hmm. I totally agree with. Um, and, and, and I would say security. Yeah. Cause you, you cause you're a real secure person. If you, can, if you can carry both. <laughs> but how many secure pastors do you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. This, Let's it, be honest. It, it, the list is small. Yeah. And so um, if that's the, the, the common denominator of greatness, what about the guy we kind of like poke fun at or the guy we, we, we call that guy or, yeah. you know, the, the, the shtick or what creates cynicism would be the, the, in this podcast, we talk a lot about pastors, um, but we can talk about any kind of leader sure. really is just universal. Yeah. Um, what is, what is that guy that we would kind of go, come on, man, really, really, bro? Like what, what, what did they all the, carry? The, the legend in his own mind, the mm. Michael Scott from the, from the office, <laughs> right? It's just am, like the best picture of every bad leader in the world. Perfect. Yeah. But they nailed it. And, but in their mind, they are killing the game. World's best boss. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I think a lot of that is, is just, yeah, I wouldn't say rooted in insecurity. It is like festering in insecurity. Wow. It's just like, it's rotten in yeah. insecurity. So I, you know. And, and God bless him. And I, what, what I love is that everyone is capable of waking up one day and going, I identify this in my life and I'm going to make a change. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And by the way, shout out, Michael Scott finally got a shout out on our <laughs> podcast, which is just like, it's a huge accomplishment for the show. Chad, it's not a show, it's a podcast. <laughs> but um, I think that um, it's insecurity, which insecurity messes with motives. So then you get into for manipulation. sure, bro. You get, and, and, and people people are smart. They can only be manipulated for so long. The other, the other thing about poor leadership to me is like, there's just no longevity in it. You can fool me for a while. You can get me to do things for a while, but eventually your motives are going to get exposed Yeah, because I'll get a sense that you're really for me. Like, I think that's why it goes back to the best leaders, in my opinion, are servant leaders. Yeah, They're there to serve you, yeah. add value to you. You are the agenda or the team is the agenda. Anytime people start to sense it's all about you, your name, your money, your platform, whatever it is, that, that, that you can only hide that for so long. Yeah, every Sunday cannot be Pastor Appreciation Day. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and everything can't just be be about you. And you can't get over yourself until there's some healing yeah. and some resolve and some admitting. Like, I think the most secure leaders are guys that go just, they, they have the ability to go, I have some insecurities. Yeah. 
Because then everybody goes, me too. Yeah. I've, I've been saying that, I've said this to you. I've been saying this for a number of years now. I just said it to a friend of ours the other day that I, I believe going forward, the greatest churches are going to be pastored by people who have been through some things that can identify, that can get up and go, hey, so I'm going to speak about this because I'm acquainted with it. Mm. Not I read a book and I heard about somebody's situation. No, I want to talk about this because mm. I've, I've dealt with it. I've gone through it and I'm, I'm here on the other side of it maybe, wow. or maybe I'm in it. Sure. Sometimes, hey, let's walk through this together. Yeah, yeah. Is is effective. So, I think I think the days of here's a pastor on a platform. Yep. He he never goes to the bathroom. He yeah. is he is not <laughs> he is not human. Well, he he never his, has he a. He puts bad his day. underwear on different ways yeah, than we do. Of what? course, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I think those days are over. I sure. think the days of like untouchable. You know, without reproach ever, like not human. Yeah. I think those days are f- far gone. Yeah. And and somebody going, hey, I'm dealing with this today. Yeah. And I'm watching it. I'm watching it happen. Some of the most effective leaders are the ones who who will give you a piece of who they really are yeah. and go, this is what I'm dealing yeah. with right now. Well, it's like what wins really in life. Authenticity, vulnerability. People, uh, Andy Stanley says, people admire your strengths, mm-hmm. but they relate to your weaknesses. Great. So, so I can admire you, your gifting, like what you can do with your voice and a guitar, seeing you shred a piano. But I, I, as much as I admire your strengths, what I really relate with is when you and I are talking, you're going like, hey, this is what this I'm is facing. what's up, yeah. This is what I'm going through right now. Yeah. This, is, this is how I feel. And it's like, whoa, all the guard is down, all the walls down. Now we can really Now we relate. can really talk, yeah. We can really talk. I, I think what you're saying holds a lot of weight. And uh, like, all of, like all of leadership, all of life is live within attention. So it's not one or the other. It's not that I abandon my talent just to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's that you live within that tension of, it's actually my talent that draws people in. Sure. It's the strength of, of my platform and who I am and the confidence. But I but if I don't show some humility and some, some humanity, yeah. I could lose my crowd. Well, a tree is known by its fruit. So if if you have no if you, if 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 your tree is mm. producing plastic fruit, like you said, that's not going to last long. Yeah. When people realize I'm getting no nutritional value from being here, mm. and we got smoke and mirrors that make this look like it's something that it's not. Wow. Uh, ultimately, that leader is going to be tested for what he's able to produce fruit Jeez. wise, measurable fruit, Jeez. lasting fruit, legacy fruit, and if that's not happening, Jeez. Then you know, you're right. You, you're going to look up when, and you know, we've all had those conversations. Like, hey, whatever happened to that guy who, dot dot dot, you know? And and my quest in life is to not be that guy. Yeah. I I you know. Well, I think that's what's so impressive about. If I can just say about you, it's like, bro, you just you like you keep going, like <laughs> like you like you you get back up. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it, mo- in fact, I always think like, what is it about humanity, especially in the cul-de-sac of Christianity, that would love to see somebody stay down? Like that's so weird to me. It it uh, unfortunately, especially in the day and age we live in, right? Um, if if I if I post something on social media, and there are four hundred and thirty six comments, and four hundred and thirty one of those comments are like, "Oh, we love, we love you. you. You're you're amazing. Thank you. This really blessed me." And five are like, you suck. Oh my God. Why would you go back? You know, whatever, whatever those five negative comments are. Why am I drawn to those five 
And why would I bypass the 431 that were like, man, keep on going. You're a blessing. You're awesome. What, what, what is, I, I'm curious, honestly, yeah. what's in our scientific yeah. makeup that, that makes us go, I'm only drawn to the negative. What, what in the cul-de-sac of Christianity, well put, it is going on when we, um, when we are, uh, driven to win the lost, but we struggle to reach the found. Jeez. What is, what is wow. that? Why will we shoot our wounded? Why will we carve them up and serve them? You know, and like, as long as I can remember, Chad, I, as you said, I've been in every conference in the world. I really have. Really, totally. I, I don't know if there's a conference that's ever been that I've not been to. <laughs> right. And, and I've been on the platform of it. Yeah, sure. But I, but more importantly, I've been in the green room of it. Mm. And those green rooms, man, are very, very interesting. Very, very interesting to me. And it is, it is a case study nowadays because I look back and go, I remember how many green rooms I walked out of because they're just skewering people. Mm. Like I'm watching these guys, the captains of industry, skewering their peers. And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this conversation. Right. Right. And then I go through life. I go through a divorce. I go through all this stuff. And I have friends calling me going, yo, they were murdering you in the green room tonight. You're like, dang. Like I never wanted to participate in that kind of stuff. And then to be the subject of that is like, it's tough. So why do we do that? I wish I knew. I wish, I wish I knew. And the problem is I feel like the more we do that, the more our circle is going to shrink. That's it. There you go. Because the world that has any clue of like just humanity and ethics is looking at that going, you guys can't get along with each other. Why do I want to join that? Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought Jesus said we will be known by our Love. love. Yeah. How about that? It's so, it's so baffling, but it is so humanity. It's human behavior. Um, what is it about the insecure soul that wants to see people lose and th- is thrilled when someone else falls and it's not them? It's such a baffling, like you said, st- yeah. uh, case study. And um, yeah, it almost it, eases the chains in their own soul. But everybody's dealing with something, man. So when I see somebody else take a tumble. There's there's nothing in them in me that goes oh good the pressure's off me right now the the spotlight's off Jeez. me right now. no I'm That's I'm the guy that think. picks up the phone and goes hey I'll be there tomorrow what do yep. you need yep. That's I, awesome. I've always been that guy. I will always be that guy. It's amazing. Unfortunately, I didn't experience that yeah. when I needed that. So so th- so there's my question right yeah. it's like you go through I'm gonna say hell yeah okay because I remember when you moved to L A and I, you know we're hanging out and all that and um. How do you go through that from a cul-de-sac that I think was um, vicious, um, un- unkind yeah. would be just a, a very easy way to say it. How do you not stay jaded or offended or go like, I'm one of you, but man, I hate you. Or like, how do you stay, you know, pure and un... un- um. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Just like yeah. I, uh, desensitized. I, I've had my share of jaded moments, no question. Sure. Um, but I, if if I could ever pat myself on the back, which I never do, it would be that I kept my mouth shut. Like that was difficult for me to do. Wow. I, I, I want to justify this. I want to fix this. I want to hold on. You got this wrong. And I just didn't do it. And part right. of that, I think, is a big testament to my wife. She's amazing. And wow. and her, her approach to this, and she's been through, you know, 
stuff her whole life. Sure. She, she was a star from the time she was You're 14 right, years right, old. Right, right, And so, you you know, same idea of like, you were great. You were terrible. You know, like, you she's should have never it. broken up with this guy. All that she's kind of stuff. It. She's, she's, she's lived, lived it. it. And, and she has found that I could either go on everybody's comment and, and put my spin on it, or I could just shut up. Yep, yep. And That's shutting so up. That's so great. It, you know, takes their breath away, so to speak. Totally. They need they need that negativity to breathe. So if I don't give it to them, if I don't That's give so them good. the argument, if I don't give them the chaos, right. then they got to move on to somebody else's thing. So for me, it, it, though it was hard, what it did, mm. here's what it did. It tested every fiber of what do you believe, bro? Mm. Like take, take for a moment, take the context of church out of it mm. and just you and Jesus, where do you stand? Wow. What do you still believe? Sure. Because, you know, so I've told you this before, like the voice of God always sort of sounded like my dad's voice. <laughs> right, like right, right. Any right. pastor's kid could relate to 100%. that. 100%. I hear God speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your dad. That's eerily sounding to your father. But so I have to take people out of that for a moment, even mm. though I love people. I love church. Sure. You, you know, I'm, yeah, a, of course. I'm a church kid, man. Yeah. I love this whole construct. Yep. But at the same time, if, if the construct is what I believe rather than beautiful, then God, yep. you know, then let me, let me, let me sort out where I stand with wow. God. And once I figured that out and yeah. I realized all of us are dealing with something, mm. all of us are, are human yeah. and and when, you know, that song that you're referring to with uh, secrets, like you see our darkness and yeah. you love us the same, you know, like for me, that just, that did it. And, and it enabled me to take the mask off and go, okay, I used to have 500 friends. I now have five, you know, five to 10. And I'm really, really good with that. Yep. And because those five to 10 are the ones that are with me and, wow. and, and, warts and all, pimples and all, mask off. Jeez. This is who I am. Jeez. And am I valuable to you? Maybe. If Am I valuable to your brand? Not so much anymore. Wow. That's okay. I'm good with that. Wow. I'm going to, I'm, am I valuable to the kingdom of God? I believe so. And so I'm just going to roll with that. Jeez. And it actually, can I be honest with you? Yeah. It simplifies life. Totally. It has simplified life for me. You're not playing a game anymore. Yeah, man. Nothing to juggle, no lies to, yeah. <laughs> Who sure. did I tell that to? Okay, I got to remember. Yeah, that's, it's exhausting. Sure. It's so exhausting. And so you, now I'm living a very, very simple and straightforward and very, very peaceful life. And, and you know, I didn't know you in the through, the, through all the 13 albums and the Grammys and all that, but I can just tell uh, from the time I've been close to you, uh, four to six years, whatever that is, I've never seen you happier. I've never seen you happier. Yeah. With five friends. <laughs> I think that's the reason I'm happier. You know, I, I like you you're truly yourself and yeah. I don't get a sense that you're angry with somebody or bitter no. with somebody or pinning it on somebody or you amaze me. I want to come back. I want to talk more about worship. We're going to cool. do top 5 real fast. All right. All right, this month's top 5, I want to talk about master builders. People that are so good at building church. Paul, the apostle, was known as just being an incredible builder of church. And I want to teach you what the best builders, people that build a great life, 
a great organization, great teams. They are not these things. Five things that the best builders, they're masters in this. They are not these things. Here's the first one. They are not easily offended. You are going to have such a hard time if you are so quick to offense. If you're so easily given prone to emotions and they didn't invite me, um, so-and-so didn't tag me in the photo, whatever it may be. Remember, offense, great book on this called The Bait of Satan. This is what the enemy uses. So many, so many leaders get lured in to offense. And once you're offended, it's so hard to live life well, to keep on going in confidence. You've got to be careful. You, you got to make the decision. This is how I always think. You got to work really hard to offend me. Like you got to go after like my family. You got to go after my legs. Well, just kidding. Everybody makes fun of my legs. But you got to you got to be like really overt to offend me. Don't be so easily prone to offense. Don't 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 give yourself over to unforgiveness, bitterness. Remember, if your heart goes bad, your whole life goes bad. The best leaders to me, they are so slow to offense. Here's the second one. Number two, they're not holding on to old culture and old ways. So in other words, they're open to the new idea, the new system, the new sound. It's amazing to me. I was just in Colorado with a great worship leader, one of my favorite worship leaders. And I was, I was asking him, you know, this guy's worship is really impacting my life. I was asking him, hey, are you, are you writing worship songs? Are you still writing? Haven't heard, heard him put out something in a long time. He said, oh, no, I'm not writing anymore because my sound is outdated. My sound, I write, and I don't think I have today's sound. Looked at him and said, are you kidding me? Write the songs. Let's find you a producer. A producer can make the new sound, but your, your lyrics, your heart for worship, your heart for God, we need that. I always find the greatest leaders, they're open to the new ways, the new strategy. Don't get stuck in the old thinking. And even if you do, get around people. They're going to give you new, fresh insight, new idea. New. Jesus said this way, you can't put new wine in old wineskin. We need a new thought, a new method. So great leaders, master builders have that ability. Number three, they're not given to excuses. Oh, say it again for the people in the back. They're not given over to excuses. You cannot build anything great blaming people for being in the position you're in. Oh, it's their fault. They didn't come through. They didn't read the deadline. They didn't, no, no, no. You ought to just make it a value. I give no excuses. In fact, rather than giving excuses, I take all the responsibility. I take all the blame. If you want to get mad at anybody, here's the greatest leaders. The greatest leaders always go, hey, it's my fault. I could have communicated better. I could have stepped up. I could have I could have double checked. Whatever it is, if you make a value, I will give no excuses. I'll bet people will respect you more. They'll follow you easily. They'll be around you. They'll Nobody likes the guy that throws people under the bus. Don't be that leader. Be someone that says, I don't give excuses. At the end of the day, the buck stops with me. It's my responsibility. Here's the fourth thing. The master builders, in my opinion, they're not lazy. In other words, they work hard. What's that old saying? I'm going to pray like it depends on God, but I'm going to work like it depends on me. There's something about somebody that has the ability to have some work ethic. We don't want to be the leaders that have million-dollar dreams with $100 work ethic. No, we're going to get up. We're going to work hard. 
We're going to work, you know, however many hours it takes, whatever it costs. You know, it's like anything great is built off sacrifice. Anything great is built off work ethic. And I know God will breathe on those efforts, but you got to give God something to work with. Greatest leaders to me, they have an incredible work ethic. Make sure that you say, I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to do it. Here's the last one. Number five. I love this one. This is my favorite one because it's got a Brian Regan bit in it. They are not me monsters. Ugh. I can't be around somebody that is obsessed with themselves. So in other words, and Israel talked about this on this podcast, is that they have a dose of humility. They have a sense of others matter. The teams matter. It's not all about me. If you make your leadership all about you, people will just, well, they'll find themselves leaving you because they're not really interested and they're not here for you. They're here for the team or they're here for the big picture. They're here for the organization and they're here for the gospel. They're not here to build your platform and build your name. And so you got to get rid of the me monster. This is not about you. You got to get over yourself, start serving God and serving others. That's this month's top five leadership thoughts. We love you. Let's go back to Israel. Okay, so one time you told me this um, fascinating um, thought. Well, I'm going to talk about two things you told me. Uh, but the first one is um, you said, you know, that church, you had led worship somewhere, has no corporate anointing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, say what? What, is, what does that even mean? Talk to me about the idea between the difference between individual anointing and, and what corporate anointing looks like. Well, I think, I think I, I, anytime I talk to worship leaders and like I've enjoyed this season I'm in where I'm, I'm, I'm leading less like on Sunday mornings, but doing a lot behind the scenes and working with teams and consulting with pastors and things Great. like that. And I'm enjoying that a lot. And it's, and it is very interesting in any church to be at an 8.30 service anywhere in the world and just go, one, there's like, the building is 25% full right now yeah. and it, people are trickling in. Yeah. And, and, and a couple of things I go, I, I, I'll hear a pastor complain, man, people are just not engaging in worship enough, right? And so I go, well, who, who's the best worship leader on your team? And they'll go, oh, uh, Mandy, she's amazing. Yeah. And I, I said, no, I didn't ask who's the best singer. Who's the best worship leader on your team? And it's a trap question. Right. And they're like, oh, well, she's great. I mean, we got this other guy coming up. I said, bro, you are the best worship leader on your team. Wow. Period. So if you're not engaged in worship mm. on your front row or wow. on your platform or wherever you are, you're sending a message to that 80% that hasn't shown up until 25 mm. minutes into the service. Jeez. That this, this is not that important, mm. right? So when I think of corporate anointing or corporate worship, it, it, it begins with the sound. What is the sound of this place? Is wow. it, is it, we're on this stage, we're going to, we're going to, you know, do our take on, you know, the, the top five out there right now. These are the best songs going and we're going to, we're going to do it exactly how we saw Mosaic do it or how we saw Hillsong do it or how we saw Elevation do it. And this is our thing. We got the genes, we're ready to go. But if there's <laughs> no, it, and so if I'm leading from this, mm. I, 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 I'm trying to elevate my game and trying to get my social posts up, right. you know, then I, I am, I am operating out of an individual anointing. Let's just call mm. it, let's, let's, let's be nice about it. Like, right. okay, I'm going somewhere with this, but if I'm not engaging people and if people are not going, Hey, we want to follow this, 
that that doesn't rest on the worship leader to accomplish that. Mm. I believe that rests on the pastor. Wow, that's great. For every pastor that complains about uh, we don't have a level of worship that we want, mm. one, preach on worship. Most wow. pastors don't. That's great. I, yes. I don't know how else to put that. Like a right. lot of pastors do not talk about atmosphere. They don't talk about right. anointing. They don't talk about worship. They don't talk about the need for the guy who works at UPS. When he crosses the threshold of the church, he should know by way of good teaching, I have a responsibility to this atmosphere. Right, right, right. Right? Not, I'm going to sit here until they sing the song that I like, and then I'm going to maybe raise a hand. Sure. But like, if everybody can, well, imagine the revival we would have. Jeez. Imagine the atmosphere and the expectation we would have mm. if everybody came with this mentality. I'm going to church. I mm. get to be a part of this atmosphere. I'm bringing something to it. Yeah. Not I'm waiting for something to happen. Right. So a lot of that, uh, when we're talking about the leadership lean-in, a lot of mm. that rests on the pastor. Mm. I deal with so many pastors who complain about, I just don't like uh, our worship leader, our sound, yeah, and people yeah, yeah. aren't really engaging. I'm like, you could help make that happen. Right. I'll tell you, great example. Joel Osteen, man, worked for him for 16 years. Wow. Every service, every song, he's out there from the beginning. They'll And we, we would get up and do like maybe a two-minute kind of opener thing. Yeah. He'd get up and greet everybody. This is important. Hey. And what we, what we saw was like people like, I don't want to miss that. Like, and so you've got a full house wow, to start. from the beginning wow. because your best worship leader who does not sing wow. is demonstrating Engaging. this is important. Wow. This this moment matters to, that is brilliant. to everything else that's going to happen in this Jeez. service. So La last thing I want to <clears throat> talk about in the, in the, and then we'll let you go, but which by the way, thank you so much. You've been just an honor, man. For a year. I love talking to you. I love to talking to you so much. Um, along those lines, you said something one time, expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Yeah. The atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. So, so why, why don't most people have that? And when you go to it, like the first time I went to elevation, I was like, the expect this place, yeah. I thought the roof is going to, but it, hey, I've told you this and I've, I've, I love Stephen Furtick. He's one of my closest friends. I've never seen a more intentional church in my life. I've never seen somebody from when they had, you know, 12 families and they're just starting off, let's go. Like those core values that you walk through their halls now and see up were the core values day one. Jeez. This is who we are. This is what we're going to be. And 13, 14 years later, it still applies. Jeez. Like down to the, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I look at that and go, so anybody who comes into that atmosphere is, is walking in, is coming in going, you have something to give to this atmosphere. Yep. It's not just about I'm coming to get something. You you have something to give. And unless you're a visitor or yeah. you know a lost person, then right, we're right, going right, to give right, to you, of right, course. That's right. a, that's a part of the core value as well. But I I think when you you and I have stepped into atmospheres of no expectation and you're like, "Yo, I am having I, I felt like I had my notes right. I felt like I had my <laughs> right, right. my plan together. But if there's no yes in the room, Right. What, what I are can't we do doing? Anything. I can't right. do anything. I can't do nothing with this. My gift is actually at your dispense. Correct. Like, I can't do anything. It's sort of like leading worship with a bad drummer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm here. We've been in but, so uh, many but services. Like, yo, there have been times, I, I, you know, I feel like there's my meltdown moment is eventually going to come where yeah, I just yeah. go, guys, hold on. Stop. The sound man is leading worship right now because I'm not. 
Like he's he, winning. Yeah, he. We're we're only going as far as he's allowing this so moment what, to. So happen. what do you want to do, bro? The yeah. What's next? <laughs> Give that man a mic. The drummer is leading worship right now, guys. And it's actually, it's actually <laughs> not my fault, everybody. You're right. This is Tim back here. He's not a good drummer <laughs> at all. But no, I mean, listen. At, at the end of the day, you could you could melt all that down and yeah. grab a guitar and with five strings take somebody somewhere if you've been there yourself. Right. So that's, that's a mark of good leadership too. Like I recognize that I'm struggling here. Mm. I recognize that there is a blanket on this moment. Mm. So what are we going to do? And How sometimes you got to, so, you know, some yeah. of the best moments have happened because the power went out. Yep. Totally. And like, now we can't rely on our great lights and screens right. and stuff. Now, 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 where are we? Right. right what are right, we right. dealing with now? Totally. And so I, I actually love moments like that, but it, it does start, I believe from the top, a great leader is going to go, this moment is, is, is as important as the offering and as important as the altar. I call. believe it. And let's, you know, for, for all the complaints that I hear, mm. sometimes the simple, ch I like, I want to go, I'd love to take your con consultation money, but you know what? I can help you get out there at eight 30 and be the first one there and just go watch what happens. Wow. It's amazing you say that. I was just in Bogota uh, with Andrew Corson. Mm, love that and church. Man. They're and, such but good I people. tell you what, he's the first one there. Yeah. And that man is in it. Yeah. And so is the whole church. Yeah. Well, hey, I love you. Thank you so much it's for coming. It's a pleasure, man. We, we, uh, we'll do this again. It's just we won't do it with mics. We'll just be on Abby Kenny having coffee. I'm down. Leadership Leaning, we love you. Make sure you hit subscribe. Peace. Subscribe. Subscribe.